So um, I told them, I think Wednesday night, that it's very important. Uh, we entered into October, um, and uh, I told them Wednesday night about, uh, particularly for a church like this, um, uh, you have to be very, very careful. We have been taught sometimes by our parents, by society, the list goes on and on and on, that you are uh, less valuable than you think you are. You've taught the base. You, in this society that we live in, your value is sometimes based on your skin color, based on your gender, still not quite equal rights in the United States for women. It's based on socioeconomic status, how much money you have, what type of school you went to, the degree that you have. All of that is trash to the kingdom. Do you remember what Paul said? He said, I count all of that as dung. If y'all don't know what that means, that's boo-boo. I know that was ghetto, but that's exactly what it is. Okay. He said, I count all of that as dung for the excellency of winning Jesus Christ. And so, so if you're not careful, you will base your value on what you're going through, what you do or do not have. You will see yourself less than because you're being attacked. Okay. When you're being attacked by the enemy, that's a good thing. He's threatened by something. He's trying to prevent something. He's trying to stop something, slow something down. When you start getting attacked, remember what even Jesus said? He said, when you are persecuted, shout, jump, and leap for joy because stuff is being set aside for you in heaven. So you got to be very, very careful, okay? And so I told them that sometimes with this group, you will run into a season, which I'm sure you will all agree, where, <laughs> where when you are not praying, you are not reading your Bible, you're not studying, and you know it, and you're conscious of it, and you still can't do it. And you'll be walking around like I was, and, and, and um, I did learn that right after great victories, you have to be very watchful, because the Bible comes, says that the enemy comes in immediately to steal. So when I got back from Nigeria, you know, I'm coming back, I'm pumped, I just met with the biggest you know, ministry and the man laid hands on me and just, that was just crazy. Came back and then when I came back, something that very rarely happens to me, I got some type of stomach virus, sick, something. I mean, it was for the whole week. And then during that, I just couldn't engage. It's like I couldn't pray, you know, and I couldn't spend time in the word. I'm conscious of this. I'm walking around all day. Why can't I pray? Why can't I spend time in the word? And so what you need to do is stop talking to yourself. And speak to the invisible enemy that has attached himself to you to hinder you. Um, because at this stage, it's a different type of ministry and I understand that. But the love walk and the humility, uh, the devil hates that type of stuff. Again, I have to warn you, the church is not me. We are all the church. We are the body of Christ, members in particular. So they don't attack one thing because it's not one thing. They attack the members because the members make up the body. And so you can't base it. They're not attacking you because of how much money you make and what you do on your job and your inventions to bless the world. None of that. They're attacking you because of your possible influence. Even if you don't say anything, the fact that you live clean, you walk in places and things twist and turn because you walked up. Hey, that's the reason why some of you on your job, you can't figure out all the time why sometimes people have an attitude with you for no reason. Your thing is, I, I didn't do nothing wrong. Yes, you did. You accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you lived holy. That's what you did wrong. Y'all know what I'm saying? 
And so you don't understand how conviction works. You go in a particular place and the people that are not right, they get convicted because you walked in. They're not going to tell you that they are convicted, but they're angry at you because they wish that you were a raggedy Christian. They wish that you didn't live right. They wish that you wouldn't praise the Lord. They wish that they could get you on something and because it would make them feel more comfortable. And so because of that, you'll find them trying to trick you and bait you and do certain things against you. And you got to take a try. And guess what? God won't stop it all of the time. You know why? Because he's a counter. Mm -hmm. See that lick? Set that reward up here. See that one? Set that reward. That's why God will allow it. He won't stop it. He'll only stop it if it's based on destruction. But he'll let you sweat. He'll let you have an attitude. He'll let you get up. How I many? I don't feel like going to work today to deal with these heathens. Yeah, he'll, he'll let you deal with all of that because as you're going through all of that, he's setting aside rewards for all of that. So with God, it ain't about what you're going through. With God, it's about how you're being set up. And you're trying to get out of it too quick and they're trying to set you up. That's why he said when it happens, leap for joy. Because when you see the reward that we set up, oh, you're going to twirl. You're going to do the snake on the ground. You're going to be doing the mind work. You're going to be doing all type of stuff in heaven. Y'all think I'm lying. You're going to lose your mind. <laughs> they're going to open up that gate and you're like, close that. I, I need a minute. I need a minute. I need a minute. <laughs> Whew. Told you my uncle, the Lord gave him a vision, caught him up to heaven. Said he was flying through the universe. And, um, and he said his skin was coming off and his glorified body was coming on. And he said he was flying at a phenomenal rate of speed. He said it was like it's faster than the speed of light, yet he was conscious of everything. And he said he got right to the gate of heaven, right to the gate. And, and he said even though he had a wife and kids, he begged the Lord, don't send me back, just from what he saw in the gate. He begged and pleaded, don't send me back. The Lord said, no. He said, I'll let you have this experience because of your faithfulness, but there is work that still has to be done. And he sent him back. But my, my, my wife's uh, grandfather, he was hilarious. My, he had such a revelation of heaven that at his wife's funeral, he had an attitude because the Lord didn't kill him first. <laughs> Ask my wife. He can't even grieve his wife. He, <laughs> Her grandfather was hilarious. I asked him about some wedding advice one time, marriage advice. He told me, he said, when he, he said, he was not joking, he was quite serious. That's what made it more hilarious is that he was serious. He said, when you first marry them, they look so good, you want to eat them up. He said, after 20 years, you wish you would have. <laughs> it was just like, I'll take that mental note and set it on the shelf for a while. <laughs> he was crazy. <laughs> Oh, grandfather was crazy. Okay, so with all of that, you know, this is the month of October. And, and it's just, I guess maybe I, my lesson is super short because I was supposed to share all of that in the beginning. But you are going to have to, this month and every time October rolls around, you have to reinforce yourself and be extra sensitive. Um, Halloween used to be based on a day. Now it's based on a month. And so um, uh, something that the Holy Ghost said to me, which I knew, but he reminded me of, which is that the month of October is a month where um, the veil between the protection of the saints um, is, it, it thins out um, because of this celebration that people think is innocent called Halloween. Um, it's not innocent at all. Darkness masks itself trying to pretend like it's innocent. 
and it holds you at bay over here while it's working on something over there. And so um, 1 Corinthians 2.11, the King James Version, it says, and I just pulled that verse out. It's in a whole context. And so you can look up here on the screen if you like. But I pulled that verse out. It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices over you or his devices. Um, like my uh, pastor said, he said, the enemy does not have power over you. He has devices over you. How many of you know that a vehicle is a very, very powerful machine? Okay. How many of you know that if you, you remember that scene in Coming to America when they first got to New York and he said, halt. <laughs> now the guy stopped, but if, it, if he had kept going, that hand would have not been enough to stop that powerful vehicle. Very, very vehicle. Very, very powerful vehicle. You cannot overpower the vehicle, but you can get a device called a boot. And if you put that device on the vehicle, it renders the vehicle powerless. The vehicle can't move because of the boot. Well, that's what the enemy does. He does not have power over us. He has devices that he uses against us that stop or slow down forward movement. So that's why it says that you have to be, don't be ignorant of the devices that he is using, okay? And so with that, um, I mentioned Halloween is no longer a day but a month, but I want to let you know the dangers of that because what happens is, I'll just, I'll just read this and I'll have a couple of scriptures for you and we'll be done. And why you need to stay on guard, you need to be praying, you know, at the end of this month, the Friday before Halloween, we will be having a prayer service with two other churches here. Vegas Church, The Ark, Reggie's Church, Revive. Friday night, um, I think it's the 25th, from, from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. The doors are open at 6. And, uh, and that's just a night of us coming together. Because if you just knew how many children were kidnapped and sacrificed on that night, in the United States, you would be horrified. You would be horrified if you knew just, just on that night. But see, you don't wait to pray on that night. Okay. You pray now while they're making plans so that their plans are canceled and frustrated. Okay, this is warfare. Wait till y'all see, uh, I'm not even going to tell you, wait till you see this graphic that I did, this right here. Oh, yeah, yeah, this, this is going to make everybody be like, yeah, I don't think this is a church you should fool with. I'm going to just wait. Did you see this one? I showed it to my wife. She said, that's how you do it. Okay, church is too passive. They scared everything. <laughs> they going to talk about us on Facebook. They going to march. What? Well, they march around my church. I'm going to just stop by. Hey, I need y'all to go out there and get some donuts and coffee. Here you go. Bless you. Because your marching ain't going to stop nothing. All you're doing is bringing me free, free attention. You know, I told you last week about what's going on in Iran. Okay? Quickly becoming a Christian nation. Okay? No churches, no government backing, no 501c3 to get free money. None of that. And the, predominantly most of the churches are being run by women. Getting saved in droves, just droves, and it's all on the ground. And if they get caught, the woman will be raped, tortured, and then murdered. So, I'm just going to read to you a couple of things. Just listen, it's not long. Just put you in this mode. Uh, last October, the teacher of a fourth grade class asked her students to write a short essay on what they would like to do most to celebrate Halloween. 80% of her class, which were nine-year-olds, wrote down that they wished to kill somebody. 
80%. That's one class. This is what's working in the hearts of these children that you don't know about that's growing with things that we think are innocent. Okay? And so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so the teacher was like, where do children get such ideas from other individuals that you can't see? Yo, it's, and let me tell you something. I might go see the movie. I might, but I am going to pray because from the moment that this new movie Joker came out, it's a new movie called Joker, um, and I can guarantee you it's going to win awards. I can guarantee you it's going to break records. Um, but the movie is very diabolical. The movie is about how a man went insane and then became the Joker. The movie is so insane that even people that are not saved are protesting the movie. The movie is so insane that the FBI and police departments have issued warnings. The movie is so insane that they beefed up security because already online people are encouraging other people to do what the Joker did in the movie. There are some things that are not just movies. There are some things that have been made by a demon-possessed man that has a spirit attached to it to drive men insane. Now, I can handle that easily because darkness is beneath me, but I'm going to still pray and say, Lord, do you even want me to deal with that? It ain't like I'm scared. It ain't going to happen to me. Period. Psh. Okay. That's the same testimony for you. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, but you have to be, but you don't go to a movie like that. For me, it would not be entertainment. For me, it would be education. And the first time we saw it, my wife's like, oh, no, I'm not going to see that. When my wife, now what's interesting is, is that my wife watches uh, documentaries and stuff on sociopaths, serial killers, stuff like that. She watches that for an educational point of view. I don't. But when she saw that Joker, she said, nope, nope. She said, I ain't going to see that. Nope. And because you have to be careful with certain things. That's a diabolical movie. You can feel the psychotic presence on it. And so, so I may go see it from an education. Now, I didn't say if you go see the movie, you're going to leave demon possessed. We got to come hem you up in the hospital and all that type of stuff. I'm just saying that there are some things, y'all, that you have, to, you have to guard your spirit against things. Because there are things that you will go see and then something leaves with you. And you won't be able to trace why you're depressed in three months. You won't be able to trace why your child is now acting crazy in six months. Because the, the devil works in deception. They don't want you to know. They just want you to die. And a master thief knows how to kill you without you even knowing it. Okay, so she said, where do children get these ideas? The answer is simple. One is Halloween, I want you to think about this for a moment. Halloween celebrates and glorifies mutilation, murder, blood, guts, and gore. Okay, and so um, I'll keep reading. The truth is millions of people and likely your kids will be exposed to some of the almost endless string of TV programs. How many of you know this already started? As soon as October 1st hits, they're they going. And they're free. Videos, community, and church activities that glorify mutilation, torture, and bizarre murders. Now, before you say it won't hurt them, it's only fantasy. Perhaps you should consider what a horrified mother discovered in her teenage son, Dara, recently. She read in her son's diary, last year I stole a car on Halloween and ran over a kid and killed him for the devil. I plan on doing it again this year. Okay. So, you know, I understand that churches celebrate that. 
Y'all go ahead and do that. I don't see Jesus, you know, sitting up here. Never mind. Whatever. It's, you know, you got to have a standard, folk. Let folk talk about you. That's how you can tell you got a standard is because the people are talking about you. We are not called to blend in. We are called to stand out. We are the salt of the earth. We are the ones that prevent this planet from getting corrupted too fast. It is going to get corrupted. You put salt on meat. It does not hold it forever. It just slows it down. And eventually, it's over. Okay? So one, Halloween is harmful because of its focus on violence. When we read of a... Now watch, pay attention to this. This is very, very important. Any other month, when you read of a violent murder at any other time, you gasp in horror. You shake your head. Older folk, it's a sign of the times. What is this world coming to? But we laugh, tease, and call it fun and glorify the same things when the month of October comes. And so Halloween focuses on violence. And its focus on violence breaks down the inhibitions of our children towards murder. And they have a difficult time separating between fantasy and fact. And it's beginning to take a toll on our society. Okay? Uh, also, Halloween is harmful because of the emphasis on fear. Hey, um, this stuff is not for fun. Fear is no joke. Fear is a powerful and often damaging emotion. The question is, why expose your child to such traumatizing influences? Because they serve no useful purpose. In fact, long-lasting emotional problems can develop as a result of the frightening experiences that are encountered at Halloween activities such as going through a haunted house. Now, you all remember the documentary that we showed at our church first that was made um, about the six homosexuals and the six lesbians that came out of that lifestyle and were serving Christ. They didn't dabble in it. They were fully in it. So the girl that headlined it, MJ, um, she didn't share this in the documentary, and she didn't share it when she had the service. But at our Sunday location, she was talking to me after service, and she said, you want to know how I think all of this started? I said, how? She said, my parents took me to a haunted house. And she said, my parents took me to a haunted house, and she says, and we were going through there, she said, this thing jumped out. And she said, I entered into a different dimension of fear. And she says, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that at that moment, something entered me. That something was an unclean spirit. Okay? And so, like I said, when we cast it out, you know, uh, all of these demons that we've been casting out, that's something that they shared, is that when you get into these frequencies, you open up yourself. And your guard is down. Okay, when you're looking at violence and murder. Now, now, now let me tell you something. It's even let me say this. It's not even so much the bloody violence and murder as it is the spirit behind it. How many of you know that when you my wife and I love to watch military movies? Well, you're gonna see somebody get blown up with a grenade. I don't need to know oh, I need prayer. I watch Black Hawk down again and something is wrong. No, that's the reality of war. The intent of the movie was not to scare you. The intent of the movie was to show you heroism. So the spirit is different. But when you make a movie and the intent is to scare you, then that spirit is different. And so that spirit then breaks you down because the intent is to horrify you and make you scared. And now you're in the bed like my friend watching scary movies with a gun on your lap. And every movie told you you can't kill Freddy Krueger with a gun. See what fear does? Start making you crazy. Can't even take the trash out at night. You looking down the driveway. <laughs> you sneaking toward the garbage can. 
it doesn't work in the movies, folks. You sneaking and you sneaking and then you throw it in the garbage can and you run as fast as you can back to the house. So I snapped my ankle one time back in the day. Because back then where we lived in Detroit, the garbage cans were in the alley and you had to unlock the fence. Man, I made a running be like my mom used to be amazed because she would say, son, take the trash out. And she would time it. She's like, how did you get back in five seconds? I'd run through the backyard. I hopped over that fence like Superman, hopped back over and fell and twisted my ankle. Yeah, over some stupid stuff. Dracula. <sighs> you sitting up in the night with the covers over your head. Okay. I don't want to say that. I can't say that. I have to be careful what I say because if I go too far, it could even put ideas into your head. The devil loves to use information and then he'll use it against you. I have, so I have to even be careful what I share about certain things that have, the devil has tried to torment me with certain things. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I never get, yeah, I told you about how that entered into her. And then after that, she entered into a lesbian relationship, et cetera. And she was that for years. And then she got set free of that. Um, some of the stories that we have heard about how these creatures get on the inside of individuals, you know, it's, it's funny because, a lot of wisdom in Christianity comes from doing the supernatural. This is going to sound strange. If all you do is preach the word, that's the foundation and that will never go away. But if you never learn how to get people healed the way Jesus said, there's a part of the word you won't comprehend. If you never cast out demons, there's another part that you won't comprehend. If you never do miracles, if you never do tongues, if you never have prophecy, there are parts of the Bible that you read it to give understanding. And then when you operate in the supernatural, the supernatural will then open up more of what you were reading. It goes hand in hand. There is no such thing as Christianity without the supernatural. That becomes a dead religion. All right. Second Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear. That lets you know it's a spirit. Okay? But of power and of love and of a sound mind. So always remember this about the Bible. When you read a scripture and it's positive, the negative is true. And if you read it negative, that positive is true. In other words, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he has given you a spirit called the Holy Spirit. Okay, and the Bible talks about the names of the Holy Spirit, how he brings peace, and he is the comforter. Okay, the Bible talks about the garment of praise for the spirit of depression. What we call depression, the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness. It is a real invisible being that lights on you or hovers around you and tries to keep you hanging low. You just can't see your way out even though you have nothing to complain about. But you take the opposite. God has not given us the spirit of fear, which means it's a spirit. It says God gives you power, love, and sound mind. So when you're in the spirit of fear, you become powerless, you become loveless, and your mind starts to get played with. You have to take the opposite. That's what fear does. Okay? It messes with your mind. It creates things and realities that are just not there. How many of you, if you really are honest with yourself, can say that there were some things that you were afraid to do and you were just shuddering, you were shaking, you were nervous, and then when it came time to do it, everything that was in your head did not play out that way. Okay? Because you had created it. it was very, that's one of, one, one of those pillars that we talk about next month is vision. Uh, creating a vision in your mind is very, very powerful because, <laughs> as a graphic that I'm going to put up, the report you believe is the one you will experience. Yeah. 
That's why whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. Because if I believe his report, that's the one that I will experience. But if you believe your grandmama's report, told you about the man, doctors told him, you got three weeks to live because you got AIDS. The man did not have AIDS, but his body responded to the report because the report you believe is the one that you would experience. And when he was at the point of death, they called him back and said, we made a mistake. You don't have any type of sickness and disease. If you come to the place where you know the truth, the truth will make you free. In other words, put it, what you believe is what you will receive. That's why the doctor tells you, let me. When a doctor tells you because of what's in your body, you have seven weeks to live. How does he know that? You would like to, would you like to know how he knows that? He's basing it on what he told all of the other people, and they died when he gave his pronouncement. The last 100 people, I told them they had seven weeks to live, and they died within five to seven weeks. So I'm an expert in determining how long you are supposed to live, even though the scripture guarantees you 120. People say 80. That's what David said. That's not what God said. God promised 120. David is the one who said 80. You got to be very careful because everything in the Bible was truly said, but not everything in the Bible is true. Give you another example. I got to clean that up for y'all. Oh! Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. True statement, but that's not true. He said that based on his circumstances that God rebuked him about later. And they've been saying that at funerals ever since. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Jesus needed a flower in his garden upstairs. No, he doesn't. He got enough flowers up there. He'll be killing nobody because he needs some flowers. That's what I was thinking when I was at the funeral services. <laughs> John is like, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking too. Okay, so, so you have to empower yourself. The Bible says to pray for boldness. Okay. The reason why Christianity is applied to the lion, because in Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that the lion is the only animal that is so bold, he will never turn away from any enemy. A lion will take on an elephant. It's his nature to be bold. Godzilla could show up and roar, and the lion would roar back. You might be bigger. That don't intimidate me. My nature is to be fearless. That's why the Bible calls Jesus the lion of the tribe of Judah. When you become born again, you are no longer black, white, Russian, whatever else that they have attached to. You now become a member of the tribe of Judah. For all y'all that want to trace your lineage, I ain't tracing nothing. I don't need to find out about no new relatives. Once I became born again, the Bible says I became a lion of the tribe of Judah. That's the tribe you belong to. Okay, Everybody say amen to that. Last one, Halloween is harmful because of its focus on the occult. The two most frequent ways that children are introduced into the occult are through music and Halloween. Music is almost greater than the Halloween now because the music is 12 months out the year. Hey. <laughs> um, you know, we, we um, oh, no, 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 remember the video because I'm thinking about the other demon <laughs> that told me some stuff about yoga. But, you know, remember the video that I showed you that we had uh, the demon that said, uh, he said this hand symbol that uh, all of the singers are using. He said, you don't, he said, you don't understand how symbols work. You know, he said the symbol is just a cue saying that we're, you're, I'm open up to Satan possessing me. 
And you see all of these hand singles and you see all of these triangles with an eye in it and, and all of these people. Because be totally honest with you, in the music game right now, you have to sign with the occult in order to do anything with music. We know that because our own musician got almost, not almost, they tried to pull him in twice. Okay, the first time they flew him out to a particular place. I got to keep that silent, you know, because he was the only person that walked away. And I know some newer people that never heard this, you know, so I won't mention his name. You know, but they flew him out to a particular state and they met with a particular individual and the individual told him, he said, we got a money-making scheme in the black community. He said, we look for all of the talent. We hang out at nightclubs, parties. He said, we look for the fresh talent. He said, these kids grow up in the ghetto and they got gifts. And he said, but they have never seen any money. So we get them to sign a contract for 100 grand because they think it's 10 million. So because a kid who living off scraps, you give him $100,000, he think that's $10 million. And they sign away. He said, now we own them for life. He said, we use their gift, and they make us millions, but they get the scraps. He told him that. He said, so we want you to make the music for these guys. Because when you, I mean, I am on another message. It's only 1030. We're almost done. When, when most of you don't understand, most of the singers out here do not write their own songs, and they don't make their own music. They have one individual who makes the beat. They have another. Some of y'all familiar with Timberland master at making beats. You have one individual, he makes the beat. Then they have a writer who then adds the words. Now there are some rappers that do their own stuff, but, but now that people are doing their own stuff, it went from being articulate rap, like when I grew up, to Is it? Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, this is the bomb. No, it's not. Your mind is messed up. And now, I just, everyone, every once in a while, I click on something on iTunes, and, and now they can't make a song without every sentence being completely explicit. It, it, you, they're not even, never mind. So anyway, but the guy told him, we want you to make the instrumentals. And they said, now, said he, 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 they offered him six figures, a, a six-figure check, just to sign. They had an apartment for him in a penthouse, and they had a $100,000 vehicle waiting for him in the parking lot. And they said, oh, he was all this thick paperwork. He said, you can read that later. Just sign. He said, the problem is you sign in ink and you sign in blood. He said, so there will be a ceremony. Okay. And, uh, and they brought in all of these, not brought in. He said, there will be a ceremony. People will come in in hoods. And they said, well, they will cut their blood, go into a vase, and we will cut your hand and your blood goes in the vase with him. That's why when you look on YouTube, that stuff is very, very real because it's happened to some of our musicians. They just had enough sense to walk away because this, this one said, no, this is me. No, I didn't fly out here to be draining my blood in no vase like I'm Dracula or something. And so that's why, that's why people that get into the industry, that's why they stay in, because they've been told by the devil it's a blood contract, you can't get out. And you can't, except for if you introduce somebody else's blood. The blood of the one that cancels out all other blood. But that teaching is not even in the body of Christ about the power of blood because the Bible says there's life in it. This is the reason why this week and next week, all the way leading up to October, this is the reason why so many children will be kidnapped and their blood drained in witchcraft ceremonies. Okay, this is the reason why. Because they understand that they're, we don't know, the church, not this one, the church doesn't know much about the spiritual realm. Blood is needed for the spiritual realm. Power comes from that invisible realm based on bloodshed. Okay. So they understood that. So that's what they're doing. Those guys don't think they can get out. So, you know, again, can I ask y'all to do something? Would y'all just please pray for Kanye? I, you, know, you know what something the Holy Ghost told me this morning? 
He said the body of Christ has become a nation, has become a nation of judgers and not lovers. That's what he said to me this morning. Judge, judge. Can I ask you a question? How many of you, when you gave your life for Jesus, were a perfect saint the next day? Next week? Next month? Next year? Decade? Now? Maybe in the future. Terry's like, yeah, maybe, maybe. Y'all, quit judging folk. People will give their life to Christ and don't even know that it's wrong to smoke weed and do drugs. They don't even know it's wrong to fornicate. They don't know, no, 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 no. And so, and see, in the saddest part, and I will say this, the church, I'm not going to say that. Let me twist it. Do you know the most grieving thing about him being at the church here in Atlanta was that they took that as an opportunity to not broadcast love and acceptance into the body of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for controlling my lips. Why would you take that as an opportunity when you got the whole world watching you live to do one of them crazy offerings? There are 20 people in here that need to give $1,000. They start doing that money line thing. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Y'all going to do this? First of all, that's a 10,000-seat arena. Y'all ain't got, and it's packed. Y'all ain't got enough people in there for everybody to just get $5 and do a regular offering? No, we got to do a $1,000 line. And, and the sad part is, is that I personally believe that that boy is genuine. But he's ignorant. And he's going to be surrounded by people that's trying to manipulate them. Let me tell you something that I've already, already vowed to God. You bring, I've already told this to God. You bring any movie star or any singer across my path for me to be their pastor, I will do it under one condition. They must sign a contract that they cannot give me a dime for the next 10 years so that they know that my motive is pure. You can give me money if you want to. I'm not taking it. I'm giving it to somebody else. These guys got to know that we love them because of who they are. He is simply another soul. He is not a tool to be used to get people to join your church really fast. He is not a tool to see what you can milk him out of in order for you to finance your dry church programs. Unreal. Yeah, I'm a little mad today. He said, it's the anger of God. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that. That's Jonathan, have mercy on my soul. It's just unreal. So, yeah, so that one. Part two. I'll talk to him. He made, I don't have to mention no names. So he was getting ready to sign a contract. This was last year. Getting ready to sign a contract with a mayor organization. That's, if I, if I say it, you would know what it was. Every child in here know it, you know, you, it's a subscription and, you know, it's, uh, it starts with an N. Y'all know what I'm saying. You know, you watch it on your iPads. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't be sitting up acting like you're crazy, like you don't watch TV because you're with Jesus all the time. <laughs> Major contract to provide music for movies. That's his gifting. Don't let nobody manipulate what God gave you. Gifting. Sign the contract, good money, everything. That's why I told the boy, you're going to lay up gold like dust because he keep walking away from money because it's not attached. Integrity is not attached to it. Okay? So when it came to the final signature, they said, meet us downtown at this 
hotel that has this restaurant. So they went down there, met at the hotel, and he said, he said, okay, everything is cool. I'm ready to sign. They said, yep, we are too. One condition, two black executives, okay? And whether they white or black, they're all doing it. Remember the previous story I told you? That was a Russian dude. <laughs> they got a game on the black community, okay? These two black executives. And they said, okay, yeah, uh, we can sign on a one condition. He said, what? They said, we got a room upstairs, and you got to have intercourse with us both. You say something like to me, I'm expecting the Energizer Bunny to come banging through. And, and if he does, it still ain't funny. Terry is appalled right now. She's ready to throw up right on the floor. Just, they said, he was like, y'all, you know how you, somebody says something, and oh, this has got to be a joke. Oh, yes. This ain't funny, but this got to be a joke. This is your way of cracking jokes. I'm not laughing, but this is your way of being funny. And he said, nope, this is what you got to do. He said, y'all serious? He's like, yeah. He said, so regardless to my talent and my integrity and everything that has been agreed upon, this won't happen unless I do this with the both of y'all. That's right. He said, he, he, he didn't say another word. He said, he just looked at him, got up from the table slowly, pushed his chair in like that and walked away. So when you see all of these kids doing all of this crazy music, it's because that's what they did. Because the promise was, we can take you to the top to deceive the masses and take them to hell if you just do these blood contracts and these sexual acts and all of that type of stuff. They're being turned out. And then nobody protests. We just celebrate. And see, every community has something that they will influence other communities with. It's not a black issue. Let me tell you, you go to the Arab countries, the Jewish countries, you go to Russia, you go to the Arab states, no matter where you go, you know what they are playing? They're playing R&B and rap music. And the law and war preachers, there was something that was going to come that was going to damage the masses worse than rock and roll. He said rock and roll was the first punch. He said, but the second punch will make it seem like rock and roll does not exist. And that second punch is what we call rap music. Think about it. You can't even hardly watch a movie now without hearing rap music. At the end of the credits, rap music. Everybody has rap music. Rap music, rap music, rap music, rap music. I've even seen political commercials that had rap music. It's a force behind it. And it's the main thing that has our kids hemmed up. And the church has no answer. The only way for you to shut that down is for the church to operate in power. You got to show these people something that they don't have the ability to do. That's why our folk at bay right now. Because when they find out, found out that we dance and tangle with devils, on a regular basis, and what we have the ability to do, leave that church alone. And those were the witches. You fool with them, then you might die. Ain't no might. There's a couple of them dead right now, and I don't mean dead spiritually. I didn't shoot them. <laughs> Came from above. No, it's not a flea on my iPad. Yes, never mind. Where am I at? That I even finished reading. I said I was on my last point. Oh, yeah. Um, tragically, more and more children are being introduced to the occult by teachers in the public schools. And unfortunately, Halloween is one of the two holidays that public schools celebrate. They choose Halloween, Valentine's Day, because supposedly there is no religious significance. But they're definitely wrong about Halloween, um, because Halloween is definitely a religion. Okay, so just so you know, for your own personal reference, our uh, forefathers of this country banned Halloween. 
Um, they banned celebrating Halloween in America. The ban lasted until 1845. What happened was is that multiplied thousands of Irish immigrants flooded into New York because of the Irish potato famine of 1845 to 46. They brought Halloween with them and gradually it spread throughout the rest of the country. It always starts as a seed, spreads, seed, spreads, seeds, spreads. Okay. So one of the things that you're going to have to learn to do is this. We'll read Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. Just showing you the power of prophecy. I'll read these three scriptures and make a couple of statements and then we'll be good. It says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that cover the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh form over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Just so you know that there are four invisible machines on the corner of planet Earth that produce wind. Bible says that in Revelation also. Okay. <clears throat> it says, uh, um, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the messages he commanded me. Breath came into their bodies. They all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. The purpose for prophecy is to breathe life into things that are dead. The purpose for prophesying, speaking what you want to see over your life, is to make things happen. You speak it and God empowers it. Okay? And so quit taking things for granted because now that we are entering the month of October, guess whose mouth they want to shut the most? The folk I'm looking at. You think you're going to be on the early morning prayer call every morning for an hour? or two, or three like we do, and they don't come after you? You think you're an individual that speaks well and they're not going to come after you? Absolutely not. And they try what you call the preemptive attacks to try to get you to a place of depression so that when the witches start doing what they're doing, you are not even interested in praying because you're coddling your wounds. I'm telling you, the plan is more diabolical than you can ever think. And then those three months, we were casting out demons almost every single day. You know, I know this sounds strange. We would hijack some. Hijack means they are so powerless and they are so, uh, they're being tormented so bad, they, they beg us. The one that Devon and I held up, uh, we held him up for about 20 minutes and that thing begged us. He said, please cast me out. Please cast me out. I said, no, that's authority. People have a problem with that. Let me explain that, y'all. How many know the Bible says God gave us a power and authority over everything unclean? 
If I'm a police officer, guess what? I have a right to obtain you. I also have a right to question you, even especially if you did something wrong. You must answer my questions if you did something wrong, and then I then use those answers to get the other bad guys to get an advantage over them. That's why we do that. So there are times when they will beg. That one, he begged us. He said, I'm going to be tormented by the other demons because I'm answering y'all questions. Because you ask them, they got to tell you. That's still mysterious to us. You ask them, and they're forced to tell you. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but they're forced. And that's the one thing that that dude, one of the things that that guy, that guy, one of the things that that thing said was um, he was talking about all of these things and how um, the power of words and the power of prayer. I asked him questions like I said, does fasting empower us? He said, why do you think it was so difficult for, getting this, for us to get in this individual? Because they just skipped breakfast this morning. It's very mysterious what goes on behind the scene. And we hijack them at times and say, tell us this, tell us that, tell us this, tell us that, tell us this, tell us that. And so that's why several of them said, they said, uh, they said that, uh, they said, we're just looking for cracks at this church. They said, this is one of the few churches we just can't do nothing with y'all. Y'all are too, the one demon said, he said, the force is too strong here. The force is too strong here. He said, but don't get me wrong. He said, we're still looking for every crack. He said, we look at every day, looking for any little thing that we can do to manipulate any little thing. One told us right here, we were down here casting something out of somebody, and he told us, he said, it is the churches that are traditional that empower us the most. Named other pastors. One demon we cast out, he told us the church he came from. He said, I came from such and such church. <laughs> I was just like, and I, I figured that, though. And, I, you know, anyway, I'm telling y'all too much stuff. I'm like, you know, sometimes I actually listen to what I'm saying, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is crazy what I'm talking about is just dealing with these things from the other side. But I'm telling you, they expose very clearly that they watch us all. We working on y'all day in, day out constantly putting voices in your head how many know in the course of a day you didn't thought about everything from heaven to hell and in between and you think it's you i'm telling you jesus made it clear that every single child that is born is assigned an angel satan tries to imitate that so every child that is born he assigns a demon that's why you these thoughts is always one is trying to get you to heaven and the other one is trying to take you to hell just like someone that got fired on your job and they're going to take everyone with me Satan, same way. Oh, you fired me? I'm going to take as many as the hell because I can't get to you, God. But what I can do is get to your children. And if I can get to your children, that's my way of giving you the final smack before I'm tormented forever. So we take great pleasure in messing up his plans. 1 Corinthians 14, 3-4. One who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. There's two separate things. Some people try to merge it together. There's praying in tongues for yourself personally. Then you have tongues where you give a tongue to the church. Someone else interprets it. You have personal tongues that's between you and God to build yourself up and make you strong. Then you have the ministry of tongues where you speak a tongue and then someone interprets it in the church body. You can read 1 Corinthians 14 about that. Okay. Here's the last thing, de definition of prophesy. To declare the purposes of God by divine inspiration, by reprimanding and admonishing the wicked, or comforting the afflicted, or revealing things that are hidden, or by foretelling future events. 
So you will see that both. You're welcome to take a picture of that. Just lift your cameras if you want to. Okay, we're about education, not about professionalism. Well, we're about professionalism too, I'm just saying. Y'all know what I'm saying. Okay, and so, so you have many different styles and I gave a simple definition to help you understand. But that's the purpose for prophecy. You can prophesy by faith. So like when you hear me say that your last failure is the one that you will ever experience, that's me prophesying by faith. You say amen, and then things begin to go into motion to make what we said by faith come to pass. Then you have, now sometimes you see me do this too, but typically you see Lisa do this more, sometimes Devon and Linnea, where you have prophesied by the Spirit, prophesying by the Spirit of God, where God says, I need you to say this to the group or pull individuals out and give them a word of prophecy. It's all for the purpose of giving us an advantage. Most prophecy is not rebuke. Because you got these prophets that they, all they do is just they want to put you in hell by the spirit of God. You know what I'm saying? You know, and just, they just prophesy doom and gloom. Everything is the end of the world. You know, every chip is the Antichrist. Technology is of the devil. You know what I'm saying? That's all they got. Bible says prophecy is for your edification, for your comfort, for your advancement, which means from time to time, how many of you know we all need chastisement? How many want we all need to be rebuked from time to time? How many now sometimes we need to get a good kick in the backside every once in a while? I don't mean literally, I'm just saying spiritually, you know, and so and so sometimes prophecy will be that. But where you so you're gonna see that in the service. More and more, you see me prophesying in the midst of the message, saying, declaring certain things, you'll say, Amen. You'll see others, you know who will pull people out. And then you must learn how to prophesy over yourself. The king, and I'll say this last statement, the kingdom of God was set up in such a way for in the beginning for you to never even know what a mistake was. You know, it's amazing. Adam and Eve were made in the image of God and he did not want them to know what negative, negative things were. They knew everything. Can you imagine yourself waking up knowing everything except for what wickedness and evil is? He didn't even want you to know what a mistake was. He didn't want you to know. They would not be able to comprehend poverty and lack and, and sickness and disease and depression and fear. They didn't even know what that was. If you tried to explain it to them, they couldn't comprehend it. And so God has not changed his mind in that regards. And so, so quit. we have been taught to do these great warfare modes and speak against the big things when actually God is interested in the small things. Okay, remember what Jesus said? Remember what the devil told Jesus when he was trying to tempt him? The devil knew the word. He said, you know what? I want you to tempt your father and jump off this building. He said, because the word says that the angels will protect you so that you don't even kick your foot up against a stone by accident. That's how much love and tender loving care that your heavenly father has for us. Now, why do I have bad experiences? Uh, because many a times we're on the wrong world. We're not doing what the Lord told us to do. We're not meditating the word day and night and you will be a success, like he said. We're not praying on a regular basis. We're not consistent. We don't walk in love. So to the degree that you have step will be the degree that sometimes you misstep. And so God, how you know God works through all of that, but sometimes he has to let you bump your head a little bit because it's nothing like, I'll, go, I'll use this example. Some of you are not going to be honest, but that's okay. But I know the truth. How many of you have ever, how many of you know that when you are driving, you are supposed to keep two hands on the steering wheel and pay attention at all times? 
You're not supposed to have one hand on the steering wheel. You're not supposed to be leaving in like you're cool. You're not supposed to be bouncing around listening to the favorite music. Two hands on the steering wheel at all times. Put your blinker on and do the speed limit. Would you agree? How many of you, your uh, attention was distracted? It could be that you were driving and you saw one of them great big old mansions that got your attention. And, and you looked over. It could be that you were doing this, which is illegal. You picked up the tax. And, but, but how many of you know? Everyone in this room that is a driver, you have done, done something, and when you did it, you found yourself looking at a telephone pole, a tree, or oncoming traffic that was blowing at you, and you almost had a head-on accident, and you almost ended up in a ditch. How many would you agree that was you? Mm-hmm, it's a few hands. It's not going up. they going up real slow at this Catholic Presbyterian Muslim church this morning. For you all that lifted your hands, how many of you know that when you almost lost your life, you set that sucker down and you was like, oh, Jesus. Oh, man, I got to stop looking at my phone. I got to do right, Jesus. I can't be looking at no houses. I didn't come over here on a bicycle and look at those. How many know that's what happened to you? See, so there are some things that in order, T.D. Jakes calls them bumpers, things that God allows in your life that bump you back on the right track. Okay. And so, so you're supposed to spend time with God in prosperity. But sometimes God has to let a little poverty come in. Because how many know it's nothing like getting sick where you call on Jesus? How many have them toilet room and dimension experiences where you, God, if you just get me out of this one or get it out of me, Jesus, I'll be your international evangelist. Ain't nothing like them toilet room experiences that some of y'all have had, we've all had. Okay, but, but sometimes things are allowed. Sometimes trouble is allowed in order to bump us back because there's nothing like trouble that makes people seek the Lord. Yes, nothing like a cable bill that's due to make people fall to their knees. <laughs> nothing like a light bill that make them call on Jesus. Hey, God allows that. Get your behind on a straight and narrow because he know, again, a perfectly, this is a steering wheel, a perfectly brand new car on a perfect straight road, you will constantly be making adjustments on the steering wheel. Constant. So as Christians, we live our life constantly making adjustments so we don't crash. There is no such thing as a Christian that does not get off track at times. And thank God that we have, we, sometimes you get on track. Sometimes someone will blow at you, okay, and you get back on track. But God uses all of these things to keep us on track. So remember, we are the greatest threat to the dark side, Christians who are living it, not just talking it, practicing it. Okay, God ain't interested in your mistakes. Those are built into the equation. It's your blatant sin he can't do anything with. And so, but keep in mind, as we go into this month of October, you, it is a month by which every, Holy Spirit said this, every year darkness gains a greater stronghold because of this month. Because it is a month when the sinners and the Christians let their guard down when it comes to diabolical sin, violence, blood, and gore, spirit of murder. And Satan is the ultimate murderer. Okay? And so we let our guards down, you know? Um, it's okay to see blood and, and violence, and we, and we make fun of it. And you will see tons of churches that will have monsters on their front yard. All of those actions break down the veil of protection over the entire land. And Satan gets a stronghold more and more. It is our job 
to slow that down or create a dimension with us within a dimension. That's one of the things that this church is called to do, like, like our dad church overseas, is to create a dimension within the dimension. You're living in the land, but you're not living off the land because you're living off of another land that these folk can't see. Okay? So I'm just encouraging you that this month, our prophetic prayer focus is going to be in the area of evangelism. Why do you think the Lord gave that prophet last week that word over the congregation for this month? Because it's to counteract and go up against what Satan is trying to produce in your life this month. So you have to be very, very sensitive in the month of October. Now, then when Thanksgiving gets here, the thing you usually have, to, I mean, November and December, would you like to know the main forces in November and December? Depression. More people commit suicide and die in the month of December and November than any other month. So, so every month comes with a, uh, be totally honest with you, the reason why we're doing those 12 pillars, every month comes with a prophetic blessing, but every month there's a curse that's used against that nation. And they, and they switch, they switch, they switch, they switch. In Atlanta, September is a month of perversion. Because you had the big two gay parades and you have the whole Comic-Con. So in this Atlanta, and it can go vary from state to state. So in this particular month, I mean in September, in Atlanta, always remember, in Atlanta, it's uh, September for the kingdom of darkness. They have their own, holo their, their own celebration. September is the month of perversion. October is the month of fear. And November and December is the month of depression. That's why the demons can't stand us. As one angel told Rick Joyner in heaven, he said, prophets eat snakes. That's why the devil hates prophecy, because he'll be working on something for 20 years in your life, and then a prophet will stand up and will prophesy, and it'll break in one moment. Then they got to go back and report their failure and be tormented. So this is a war. I, I like true Christianity because it's warfare, not church fair. It makes you engage every single day. It shows you that all of us have a part to play. It shows you that in the eyes of God, the person is back there, maybe guarding the front door by himself is just as important as the individual that's up here on the podium. And see, the problem also, too, is that so many Christians in the body of Christ, they have been devalued. Devalued. You're just a church member to come and serve and give your tithes and offering to help me build up my kingdom. Y'all understand what I'm saying? That is so far from the truth. How many know this is Jesus' kingdom? Nobody got no kingdom. All he did was ask me to grab hold of the steering wheel. That's it. Okay? And with the kingdom, God will many a times put the weaker one in charge and make the stronger one submit so that we both have to submit to each other. Okay? So it's a wonderful trip that we're on. When January hits, um... Uh, the, the, the abilities of this ministry and the power of this ministry goes up greatly because we would have instituted that simple. It's amazing how simple that vision is, and yet other people have an effect on it. When you see us on social media now, our social media is for the purpose of pulling people towards Jesus. I'm not going to be on social media. If other churches would do this, maybe we could do that. I'm not going to be attacking other preachers. I am going to do our best effort to do things different. That is, pull people close to Jesus Christ, encourage them, get them closer to the Holy Spirit, make them ask questions. We will put out stuff, and they will want to reach out to us because they want to know more about God, not about us. Amen. Now, maybe they want to know about us because of the God in us. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm going to be doing things a particular way with our new vision. I'm going to do it a particular way on social media, knowing that preachers are going to copycat. And I have no problem with that. I'm doing it on purpose.
because there are so many preachers out here, they have no idea what to do. Okay, well, Stevan, she works with a company, and this company is called Start Church. And that's all they do is set up churches for legal stuff. That's all they do. And the biggest complaint is that they don't have any help. They said it's like nobody out here to lead us and help us. They're visionless, powerless, helpless. So I can go out there, and you remember when the Bible says, it says provoke one another to good works. So um, um, this is carefully thought out because everything that we do, everything that we put up, I will either be judged for it or rewarded for it. So I'm not interested in what anybody else does. I'm interested in what the Lord said, and I'm going to practice that to the end, and hopefully y'all will roll with us to the end and get your full reward. Standing before Jesus. Well, you know, I went to church every Sunday. Wonderful. So did the devil. He's interested in that reward. Okay, so let's go ahead and stand. So be sensitive this month. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. So we're going to float around here for these next few weeks here and do things. And uh, thank you for praying for us because the entire ministry is shifting. You know, full evangelism, um, those 12 pillars of indestructible destiny. We, and all 12 pillars, the entire Bible fits in it and doing each one a month. Videos that correspond to that and the literature that corresponds to that. And then the small groups. So the whole thing is shifting and uh, the devil is shaking uh, because he knows the devil is most, most fearful of not your plan. He is always fearful of God's plan because he knows God's plan has God's backing. He can't do nothing with that. At times maybe he can hinder it a little bit. Okay. But, but he knows that's the most he can do is hinder it. You know, one, you know, one demon told me, right? Told me to my face. This, this kind of, this alarmed me to let me know where we are on the meter. He told me to my face. He said, for 6,000 years, I have never failed until I came to your church. He told me to that my face. Okay? He said, he was upset. He said, he was almost perplexed because in their mind, they can beat all of us. Because you know what? In the demonic kingdom, they win against Christians more than they fail. So in their mind, oh, we can easily get the majority. There are, there are some that it's more difficult. And then there are a couple that are untouchable. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? You ain't nobody. Okay? And so when you pay the price that we have paid for these last seven years to start from scratch and rebuild Jesus' kingdom and not church, to give everybody a place and everybody has a gift and everybody has a calling and everybody is being pushed and prodded and we're all valued the same we're all seen as one they can't do anything with that and like he told me he said for 6,000 years I have never failed he said till I met your church he was highly upset at that and I told him get used to it y'all church right now is scared of the devil you know like us another graphic we created it's only one way that darkness overpowers light you gotta turn the light off what makes you think that you are the light and you are supposed to respect or be intimidated of any darkness is beyond me the worst thing that could ever happen to us is we die and go to heaven and if they gave you a billion dollars to come back you'd laugh at Jesus in front of his face the people that get caught up to heaven Jesus has to send them back because they don't want to come back okay so there are many things you know, I am, uh, I know it's not anything that I have done. I'm just speaking for a second. Uh, 
the gratefulness that I have is beyond measure now because I know that God just gave me a chance and I just did right by it. There are others that have been given a chance and they didn't do right. Jesus said, few there be that find his road. Narrow is that way. Few there be that find it. So be glad that you're part of the few, but because you are the few, God will empower us like we are many. Okay? Gideon had a 3,000 man army. I'm sorry, a 33,000 man army. And God whittled it down to 300. Because if he had whittled it down to three, he could empower three men as though they were three million. You read that about David's men. See, let me tell you about something. In many ways, I am David. There's a scripture. I'm just, see right here, see what I'm doing right now? This is ministering prophetically by divine inspiration. I'm hearing things and I'm just sharing it. There's a scripture. I can't remember where it is. But the, but the first verse says, it says that there was long war between the house of David and the house of Saul. But it said over time, the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker while the house of David grew stronger and stronger. This represents the house of David. This is the house of David. The house of Saul represents religion. The house of Saul represents man's ways and man's choices. Because you remember, God told them, I don't want you to have this guy. This represents man. It represents the flesh. It represents not listening to the spirit. David represents following God's plan and God's blueprint. Remember, they hid David when it came to picking him. And the prophet said, no, it's got to be another guy because God said it was over here. And they said, well, we hide him in the back. They hid him in the back because he was a product of adultery. So they were ashamed. He can't be king because of what he went through. Said, no, that's the one I'm looking for. The one that you disqualified is the one I'm going to qualify to show you that none of your righteousness is nothing but filthy rags. You understand what I'm saying? Quit disqualifying yourself and listening to these idiots out here. I don't know why I'm saying this. People will take your entire destiny away if you let them. Because they see something in you that they're jealous of. So they got to destroy it in you to make themselves feel better. Okay? So, thank you, Lord God. So, give me a minute. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, O Father God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you get pulled out here and you get lost for a second. I'm not being deep. I just got lost. Kenneth Hagin said he got died. Kenneth Hagin, I don't know if you remember this, Randall. Kenneth Hagin said the Lord pulled him in the spirit so deep he got scared and asked the Lord to turn it off because he didn't think he was going to make it back. Okay. So I'm just saying, be grateful. God gave us a chance. He gave us a chance. And we're going to do right by that. And, um, and so... The enemy will be looking for a way, looking for a way to gain access to you. Looking for a way, looking for a way. Okay? So be sober and be alert. Let's lift our hands for a moment. Let's close your eyes, worship the Lord, give God thanks and praise. Bless and honor your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Glory and honor be unto thee, O Lord. encourage you to just, you know, just take a moment and just begin to speak and prophesy over your own life and your own family and your own finances and your own business and your own household, the things. It's not you asking the Lord, it's you telling Jesus and Satan what's going to happen for the next three months. 
because Jesus will back you up but Satan will come to block it it's you letting them both because Jesus said if you believe what you say will come to pass you will have whatever you say thank you O Lord God hallelujah so give God thanks that you have the victory ask God to keep you sober and alert this month and not deceived by the enemy thank you O Lord God for giving us all a plan and a purpose and a place blessed be your holy name O God thank you O Lord Jesus glory to God hallelujah thank you O Father Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, O oh Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, O oh Father. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you.